If we go back to the 1800s, there were ministers at the time known as circuit riders who rode on horseback all across the frontier sharing the gospel. The reality is that there were more churches than preachers, so these men dedicated their lives to ride from town to town. Sometimes these circuits, they would stop in towns over a two-month period, traveling several hundred miles. It was a very dangerous job. The average person died by the age 30. There was danger from wild animals, from the elements, from criminals. Since it was so dangerous, most never married. They wrote in journals about the challenges they faced, the hardships, the dangers. Ultimately, though, each of them reflected their deep dedication to sharing the gospel of Christ all across America. One of the most well-known, Francis Asbury, traveled 270,000 miles, gave 16,000 sermons. He had this to say, We must reach every section of America, especially the raw frontier, We must not be afraid of men, devils, or animals, or disease. Our motto is always forward. Several men had recorded their feelings, their experiences. In these journals we have today, Freeborn Garrison, for example, said, I was pursued by the wicked, knocked down, left almost dead on a highway, my face scarred and bleeding. Then I was imprisoned. Isaac Boring said this, while riding through the rain and dark, With no human being with me, my soul was comforted on the reflection of the omnipresence of my Savior. I felt he was near to bless and preserve me. As always, hopefully examples from heroes of the faith inspire our own walk in Christ, our own ability to find strength in him to overcome all things. With that, we're going to look at something Jesus said about our standard. Matthew 12, 42. Speaking to a crowd, he said this, The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Jesus referring to the queen of Sheba who visits Solomon. And he says, she traveled a long way. We'll see how far in a moment to listen to Solomon. And Jesus said, I've been teaching you, but you're not listening to me. And we know he is greater than Solomon, infinitely greater than all of us. Now at the time, they did not know he was the divine, perfect son of God, the word made flesh. What they did know, though, is who Solomon was. So let's take a look at what they would have known about Solomon and what they knew about Jesus. For instance, 1 Chronicles 28, David says, I have many sons, but the Lord chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne to rule the kingdom. Solomon, wealthiest king ever, and the wisest king, the wisest man ever. They all would have known this. And when Jesus said he's greater than Solomon, they would have stopped and said, but Solomon is the greatest king, wealthiest king But they also knew that Jesus talked about a kingdom, a kingdom of heaven here in their midst that arrived with he and John the Baptist. So they would have started to understand he's talking about the royalty of following him and his cause. Here's the next thing we know, of course, about Solomon. For example, 2 Chronicles 9, every year Solomon received over 25 tons of gold. 
They would have stopped and said he's so wealthy. Jesus did not have that wealth. But they did know he had a more important and lasting wealth. That's why the crowds followed him. He had perfect peace. He had joy unspeakable, full of glory. And they knew all the wealth in the world could not buy that. So they knew he certainly had wealth. And of course, we know Solomon, again, the wisest man. He wrote books. We have three in the Old Testament. Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. Some believe that he wrote Song of Solomon, a book about romance. When he was younger, the book of Proverbs about wisdom in his middle years. Ecclesiastes, a book where he questions the meaning of life, perhaps written in the closing years of his life. But again, Solomon known for his wisdom. Jesus said he's greater than Solomon. And the people had to admit they did acknowledge wherever he went, crowds gathered. And the people said he teaches with authority like nobody else ever has. But here's the thing about this picture of Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. It's also a picture of us and our position before Christ. And understanding the picture of Sheba and Solomon, the Queen of Sheba, and Solomon helps us understand our position in Christ. So let's take a couple verses from 1 Kings 10 and look at that story Jesus mentioned. King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. Notice here, 1 Kings 10, 1. When the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. Here's a picture of somebody entering in to royalty. And they are going to approach the throne. And it's a picture as well of us approaching the throne in our own spiritual state, coming in prayer to Christ. Queen of Sheba, she presses him. She asks questions and she wants answers. The same thing for us. We seek an audience with the king and we have prayers. We have questions. We know he has the answer, but there's much more taking place here. Hold on to that for a moment and take a look at the map here. You'll see that the Queen of Sheba, to travel from where she was, northeast Africa, to Jerusalem, that's 1,400 miles. That's a three-month journey that she took. Why did she come to see Solomon? Certainly it was the wisdom. There's something else, though. I love this quote, Billy Burke, You get what you fight and contend for, not what you want. You get what you fight and contend for not what you want. Each of us has to say, how much do I want this life in Christ? How much do I want to serve him, follow him, like those circuit riders to lay it all on the line, pursuing him, him because of who he is? 1 Kings 10.1 from the Amplified Version, notice what it says. When the Queen of Sheba heard of the constant connection of the fame of Solomon with the name of the Lord. You see, if Solomon just had wisdom, that would not draw her from 1,400 miles away. What she knew, he had wisdom, but he had a constant connection. His fame was his connection to the name of the Lord. That's why she would traverse that distance. Challenge for us is to say, again, how deeply do we want that connection to Christ? We know he left heaven entered into our world, are we willing to do what it takes to spend time in prayer, pursue holiness? Like the king connected with the name of the Lord, that's what 
the Queen of Sheba was really after. That's why Daniel Howard says so well, the world wants to know if we have answers to this chaos and confusion. Can we answer these hard questions? Can we settle the riddles they face in their homes and workplaces? Can we answer the questions of crime, teen pregnancy, drugs, divorce, poverty, unemployment, alcohol, immorality? Like Solomon, we must let the world present the riddles and scenarios, and we give the answer. We only have one answer, and that is Jesus. He is the answer to every question. For the suffering, he's the healer. For the confused, he's the counselor. For the fearful, he's the protector. For the widow, he is the strong tower. For the fatherless, he is the real father. For the addicted, he's the deliverer. She didn't just want Solomon's wisdom. She knew his wisdom came because he was connected to the name of the Lord. Hopefully, our life is a witness to that as well. That people say, I understand you have a deep faith. I had a question. And again, we have the answer, Christ himself. Notice next verse, 1 Kings 10. She came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices, very much gold, precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, notice she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Again, it's a key, is a metaphor for us entering into prayer, gaining an audience with the king. And as she gained that audience, she communed with him all that was in her heart. There are stories about what they talked about. We don't know if they're true. One of the best known is she would share these riddles to see what he could answer showing his wisdom. And what she did is she set up a room with all these flowers. They all looked the same. He smelled them. They all smelled the same. They all felt the same to the touch. But she said, only one of these flowers is real. If you are so wise, which flower is the real one? Solomon, after he smelled them, touched them, went to a window, opened it up, Waited for a bee to fly in, and when the bee landed on a flower, he pulled it and said, this is the real one. The queen was so awed by that. She then proclaimed he truly had the most wisdom. And the King James says, when she was with him and heard his answers, he was, she was overwhelmed. And now she's communing with him all that is in her heart. I love Emerson's quote here. He says, do the thing and you will have the power. We might say in more modern language, do the thing and you will have energy to do the thing. She communed with him with all her heart. This is deep prayer. So a lot of people say, you know, I don't have time for prayer or I don't have the energy for prayer. But if you do the thing, then you have the energy to do the thing. For instance, I remember a professor sharing about his wife struggling with depression And on certain days when it was a a bigger struggle, she would just stay in bed and want to sleep all day. He would say, you know, to feel better if you get up, do some exercise, go outside, breathe some fresh air, drink some water, you'll feel better. But she said, I feel so bad, I can't get out of bed. But that's the reality of times like that. Do the thing, then you have the energy to do the thing. 
she enters into this royal audience, communes with all her heart. So it is for us that we have to take that time, worship, prayer, getting alone with Christ. And when we say, I don't have the time or the energy, it's stepping in and doing the thing anyway. And you find it much more easy to do as it becomes a, a rhythm in your life. Perhaps on a daily basis, Psalm 51 Verse 10 should be part of that consuming in our heart. Where David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. That honest communing from the depth of our heart needs to begin there with, Give me a clean heart, God. Renew a right spirit within me. Love this story by Daniel Blair in Guiding Principles. Two students at the seminary he was at went downtown. They had the Best motive, they wanted to help somebody in need. They went to a a bad part of town, saw a homeless man, offered to help him. He was receptive to that. Got him a place to stay. Got him money for clothes, food. He had some health problems. They went to the pharmacy, got some medicine. Got him a haircut, cleaned up, job interview. Got him a job at a grocery store. They lost contact with him for a couple months, decided to go back and and find him, see how he was doing. But to their surprise, as they began to look for him, they saw him on the street, again, in the same old clothes. They once saw him in, homeless, begging for money. They said it it was a challenging thing. But they came to understand that you can't just clean up external things. There has to be that internal change. There has to be that creating me a clean heart moment, God. Renew a right spirit in me. And maybe that needs to be a a daily prayer for some. Because the internal has to change. We can clean up the outside. Until the heart is different, nothing changes. Remember, Jesus was talking to a crowd filled with religious people. He said to those religious people, you have a lot of external things that look very good. He said, but inside, you're dead inside. You don't have real life. You have a lot of rules. You have a lot of things you do that impress people. He said, but I can see through all that. And inside, you are simply empty. His promise is for those who receive, he gives that new heart, and then we find new life. But sometimes we have to do the thing, to have the energy to do the thing. Back to 1 Kings chapter 10. The Queen of Sheba said, How be it? I believe not the words until I came. My eyes have seen it. Behold, here's the key. She says, The half was not told me. Communes with her whole heart. Picture of us coming in prayer. And when she beholds everything that Solomon possesses, especially the wisdom, she says, the half was not told me. So should be our sense of reverence for Christ that we enter into this relationship. He gives us new life, cleanses us from sin, gives us a purpose. We spend time with Him and just say, you know what? 
can't even put into words what it's like. You know, the half was not told me. This is Thomas Aquinas from Italy, 1273. One of the most influential theologians in church history. His books still read today in a lot of graduate courses. He wrote at the time where the cities that he lived in were very philosophical. He wrote books about his faith in Christ. Writing his last book, though, he stopped it and he said this, I can write no more. All I have written seems so much straw compared with what I have seen and what has been revealed to me. Unbeknownst to Thomas Aquinas, after stating that, just three months later on a mission trip, he actually died. What a beautiful statement by a man who wrote much to come to a place and just say, you know what, what I try to put into words, what I try to pen to paper, seems like straw compared to knowing Christ and things I can't even just simply even describe. That's what it's like to know a greater than Solomon is here. Greater than Solomon, as Paul says, now liveth in you, liveth in me. We close, going back to verse 2. Notice again the Queen of Sheba. It says she arrived with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones. She had, in a worldly sense, everything. So why is the Queen of Sheba seeking an audience with Solomon? She had riches beyond measure, fame beyond measure, power beyond measure. Everything she needed, but not what she truly wanted. And what was Solomon's response? Jesus' response. Verse 13, King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, according to the royal generosity. A beautiful picture again, coming in prayer to Christ. We seek a new heart. We seek answers to prayer. We're told He gives what we desire, what we ask, according to His generosity. With knowing that, like the circuit riders, how will we go deeper in our faith and our commitments? When you know things like that, Stories like this can inspire our own lives. Going back to the early 20th century, a French naval officer in a car accident. So bad he was left hospitalized for a year. They were going to amputate his arm. He said, I'd rather have the arm, even if it does not work, than have it amputated. Year in the hospital, recovering slowly. One day a fellow officer said, you should try the pool might be easier therapy. And this man said he stepped into that pool as the most natural thing in the world. Began to swim until before long he was spending hours a day swimming. Use of his arm came back completely healed, overcame impossible odds. Didn't go back to aviation, he stayed in the ocean created new technology for scuba divers, underwater labs, taught the world about the ocean. That man, of course, Jacques Cousteau. 
or men like this guy, Bill Irwin, walked the entire Appalachian Trail, 2,100 miles, his companion, his dog. Not so special. Lots of people have made the trip. But Bill Irwin, he's blind. Years ago, there was a study of people over 95. They said, what would you really do differently if you started over again? Top three answers. Reflect more. Risk more. Do things that will outlast me. Jesus steps into our life and says, a greater than Solomon is here. And he liveth in you, he liveth in me, never to leave us, never to forsake us. What will we do to reflect more? Seeking that new heart daily. To risk more like the circuit riders to say, come devils, disease, whatever the challenge, we go forth in faith, our motto forward. And how will we do more things that will outlast us? Recognizing that the King gives generously of all we ask. Truly a greater than Solomon is here.